welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Good afternoon, my AOWs. I hope you guys are all doing well. The sun came out in upstate New York today. The sun peered through the clouds. And for a little bit, my retina caught that amazing vitamin D coming from the sunlight. So I feel super energized. And I also just got dressed to get undressed because I ran downstairs. I thought I had a meeting. I didn't have the meeting. I realized I had time to podcast. I came back upstairs, changed into comfortable clothes because obviously, and now we're here. So I'm in my podcasting studio. It is still a painted cedar closet, but the construction team, the guys who are working on my base have came come come to look at the podcasting room i.e the cedar closet if you've been following me then you know i have a cedar closet i podcast in it's the most amazing podcasting studio it's probably about 50 square feet and we're going to drywall it and paint it and put all these cool things and some couches and so it is going to look smashing pretty soon but it's still mountain fresh up here. So I got some sun. I've been some, getting some comfortable clothes. It's mountain fresh in here. And today we are talking save the vaginas. We're talking about vaginal estrogen today. I sat down to think about what topic have I not covered in a while? What topic is always interesting? And I really wanted to go over the different types of products for vaginal atrophy. And this episode's all about vaginal estrogen. And that's because... Vaginal estrogen, in my opinion, is absolutely safe for almost everyone on the planet. Almost everyone on the planet. You could think of someone for whom maybe there's a contraindication actively undergoing, you know, chemotherapy for breast cancer. But look, even in those cases of which I've seen, we know that severe genitourinary syndrome of menopause can worsen your overall health status. You can have recurrent urinary infections, need antibiotics. Uh, get something called urosepsis, which can land you in an ICU, all sorts of serious things. And because vaginal estrogen truly, truly does not travel systemically, they really doesn't carry the systemic risks that oral or transdermal estrogen does. And so vaginal estrogen in my book is absolutely safe for almost everyone. Now, I am not your medical doctor, although maybe I am. <laughs> I know a lot of you who are my patients listen to my show. Um, but for most of you, I'm not your medical doctor. You do need to take this as not as direct medical advice and discuss this with your own doctors. So these are my opinions only but vaginal estrogen is safe for everyone. So we're going to talk about why use vaginal estrogen and why to skip the lubricants and the moisturizers mostly, mostly. Now I actually have a special place in my heart for moisturizers because they can be used on the days when you're not using a vaginal estrogen. They're just like moisturizers that you put on your face. Uh, the difference between moisturizers and say vaginal estrogens is vaginal estrogens are actually going to reverse the physiology of that atrophy at the cellular level. Moisturizers are just going to help to retain water to plump up the thickness of the tissue so that it's just not as easy to tear or to bleed or to be sensitive. So again, while lots of uh, moisturizers can be really good, and you've probably been recommended a bunch and you've tried a bunch, you're never going to reverse the atrophy or the underlying genitourinary syndrome of menopause without estrogen, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. So 
lubricants lubricants are okay especially if you need them during f- for times of friction so sex so lubricants should be used you know with sex or any other type of friction and you know certainly a coconut oil olive oil things that you have in your house are great they're inert substances no one has any allergies to them and they can also be used but you are never going to revert the underlying physiology of atrophy of GSM without estrogen okay and estrogen is safe for pretty much everyone on the planet who has a vagina in my strong opinion in my strong opinion in my strong opinion let's start with the different types of vaginal estrogens and i'm going to go over what i counsel what, did i say that right what i counsel my patients on when talking to them about picking a vaginal estrogen product now, 40% of women who use systemic hormone therapy, 40% of women who use systemic hormone therapy, the pill or the patch, are also going to need a vaginal estrogen. The vagina has the most estrogen receptors in the, mo- in the whole body. It needs the most TLC, and it also needs the most direct care or topical application of estrogen. So even if you're using systemic hormone therapy, very commonly you might still need a topical or local vaginal estrogen to prevent or to 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 keep the to keep the tissue healthy to keep the tissue healthy because the systemic estrogen is just not enough to uh get the severe GSM. Now the opposite's also true. I also see a lot of women who have severe GSM and they're on esterase or vagifem. We'll talk about those soon. And it's just not enough. And they need systemic hormone therapy. They need systemic hormone therapy in order to help the GSM. So it can go both ways. But I want you to know that local vaginal estrogen or topical estrogens, and many of us menopause doctors spew those words out, and they all basically mean a non-systemic, an estrogen that doesn't travel through your whole body form of estrogen, can be used in conjunction with systemic hormone therapy or by itself to treat GSM. So we call them all different things, local, topical, vaginal. Okay, let's get into them now without further ado. Drum roll. Okay, when we think about the vaginal estrogens, there are different formulations, but I'm going to go by their applications, meaning I'm going to start with the creams. I'm going to start with the creams. So you've got Premarin cream, which is your conjugated equine estrogen in the form of a cream. And then you have estrace, which is estradiol in the form of a cream. Now, there's never been, or at least that I know of, and I think I would know, a head-to-head trial of Premarin versus Estrace cream, of which one's more efficacious or effective, but I think they are both equally quite effective. Now, if you have a specific, you know, um, uh, reason that you want to avoid the Premarins, then use Estrace, of course. Estrace is bioidentical estradiol. Premarin, we all know, comes from equine horse's urine. Okay, let's move on. So what I really like about the creams is that, in my opinion, they are quite efficacious. They're really, really effective. And so when you get the cream, uh, the, the look, I always say it's going to look like a tube of toothpaste. You're going to get this tube of estrace or primer. It's going to look like toothpaste. It's going to come with one applicator. That's annoying to some people because they don't like using the same applicator over and over. It doesn't feel quite as hygienic, but it's going to come with one applicator. Just like if you've ever used Monistat or you've placed a tampon into the vagina, you're going to fill that syringe with one or two grams of the estrace cream or 0.5 grams of Premarin. Your doctor will direct you on this. Okay. And then you're going to put it into the vagina. 
Now, the downside to the creams is that they're definitely messy. What goes up must come down. It's just the law of physics. What goes up must come down. And so they can be a little messy. And a lot of people don't like that. And like, of course, I totally get that. Who wants to wake up and feel like the squishies in your underwear? Nobody, nobody. But they are really quite effective. And so lots of times I will recommend people start with the creams. And then if they do not love the mess, then switch to something else if they really cannot handle it. Some people actually it absorbs quite nicely and it's just not as messy. But I do warn people it can be messy. Now the creams, whether it's Premarin cream or Estrace cream, have one other major benefit. And that is that you can put a little bit on your finger and you can apply it topically to the vulva, to the labia, to the introitus. And that is amazing. You don't have to get something compounded and then, you know, spend extra money just to put something on the labia, the clitoris or the vulva and basically your external tissues. Kind of like now we're talking about putting like cuticle cream on. If you want to make an analogy, putting cuticle cream on your fingernails is essentially like taking a little bit of estrace or primer cream on your index finger and just applying a light, light pea-sized amount over the clitoris, over the labia, perineum, wherever you're having those micro tears or loss of sensation or even the introitus, which is the, be the, in the beginning of the inside of the vagina, where there's a lot of pain with intercourse or penetration. And that can be a huge benefit for people, a huge, huge, huge benefit for people. Now, these creams can also be really costly, and that is for a whole nother episode. I literally cannot open that Pandora's box or you will hear me get on the tallest soapbox that I have and just lose my mind over how expensive vaginal estrogens can be. But there are a lot of ways to get them covered. You can go to Cost Plus Pharmacy, I believe, which is Mark Cuban's pharmacy, and they do have, I believe, estrace that can be purchased a little bit cheaper. They're kind of cutting out the middleman. So those are your creams. Next you have um, Vagifem or Uvifem, which is an insert of a tablet. It's a suppository. So the difference here is you're going to get a bunch of preloaded, almost like syringes. Think of if you've ever used Monistat for use infection, it's going to have, you know, it's usually prescribed two times a week and you can do it more than that. You can do it less than that, but it's usually prescribed twice a week and you're going to put, put that um, applicator right into the vagina and you're going to release that suppository at the upper third of the vagina. Easy, not as messy, which is good. Sometimes not as effective or efficacious as the creams. I don't know, maybe there's just less surface area that it could potentially get to. And I got to say, you know, when I would do exams for patients, sometimes I would see the Vagifem tablets kind of sitting in the back of the, the, the upper third of the vagina, essentially, almost like there was so much atrophy, they just couldn't even get absorbed. Now, this isn't always the case. And I don't want you to think that, you know, don't use Vagifem because I have plenty of patients who really like it and use it and do great. Um, but if you have severe GSM, lots of atrophy, or it's been many, many years since menopause, I'd probably again, start you with the cream because I think they're really efficacious. And again, they can be applied liberally to the external tissue. So that's why I do kind of tend to favor them at first. 
but that's your Vagifem and your Uvifem is sort of the generic version of that. Then you have the ring called the S, the E ring or the S string. <laughs> I always call it the E ring because it's literally spelled E-S-T-R-A-N-G. So I just call it the E string. And one time I had a pharmacist kind of like giggle. She's like, it's an S string. And I'm like, oh, I just kind of call it the E string, like in my own little like world, I guess. Um, but the E string or the S string, whatever you want to call it, is going to remind you of almost like a NuvaRing. If you've ever used a NuvaRing or if you know what a NuvaRing is, or it could remind you of a diaphragm or a menstrual cup. It's basically a, a small ring, like the size of a hair tie, a ponytail that you pinch like a taco and you use your fingers and you push it up to the top of the cervix and it sits there. And what's great about it is it sits there for 90 days for three months. So it's a set it and forget it. And this really is so helpful for a lot of women who either started with the cream or started with the suppository, the Vagifem, and just come back to my office and they're like, I just don't use it because I forget. I'm like, oh, what day of the week is it? I just, I'm already in bed. I've already brushed my teeth. I don't want to wash my hands again. I get it. I can barely floss my teeth. And if I don't, I will get another root canal, mark my word. So I always have to, but I understand that it's exhausting at the end of the night to just do an extra thing. So the E-string can be really, really awesome for people who want to set it and forget it method. You should not feel it. And of course, if you do, it's probably not in the right place. Um, it's e really easy to put in and to take out yourself. Although every once in a while, I've had a patient call me frantic that she can't get it out. Um, and this, this always happens inevitably. And you can just go to the doctor and they can, you know, take it out. And then oftentimes that seems to do the trick. You can always get it in and out after that. You could have sex with it in, you can leave it in. It doesn't need to be, you know, removed or washed or anything like that. Although if you do want to take it out for sex, you can take it out, put it on a paper towel. It really only absorbs when it's next to a trans, uh, a mucosal membrane. So you're not going to, nothing's going to go wrong or you're not going to inactivate it if you put it on say like a paper towel or something like that. And then you put it back after sex. But a lot of people leave it in during sex and, you know, partners don't feel it and, and it's not a big deal. So that's the E-string. If that's not covered for you, it's also insanely expensive. It tends to be 500 to $600, which is just wild, which is just wild. And sometimes you can do prior authorizations, you can get coupons. Um, but if it's not on your insurance or your, your formulary, your insurance doesn't like that. It's not a preferred method or whatever, whatever it may be it can be really costly. So that's kind of another pain. Interosa is the next one on my list. And Interosa is uh, estradiol and coconut oil and these cute little jelly bean, uh, jelly, jelly bean, like jelly belly, almost like um, applicators that you actually uh, take the little jelly bean applicator of the estradiol and the coconut oil and you insert it with your finger into the vagina. And it comes in this pre-filled package, almost reminiscent of like birth control pills where you, you know, you pop out the one uh, for the, the twice a week and you just put it right in the vagina. This is made by a company, um, Therapeutics MD, uh, and it was really created because what the, you know, what the founders really saw was that um, people really liked esterase, but found it to be messy. And so this is a little bit less messy, but they like the inserts, but the inserts or the suppositories like the Vagifem and Uvifem weren't always as effective. And so I kind of think of this as like if Esterase and Vagifem had a baby, it's Interosa. It's Interosa. A lot of people do really love Interosa because it is less messy. It's mixed with uh, coconut oil. It's bioidentical. All of these, again, are bioidentical except for the Premarin conjugated 
um, equine estrogen premarin cream. That's not bioidentical, but anything with estradiol as its main ingredient, which all of these things are, the E-string or the S-string is estradiol, Vagifem, Uvifem, estradiol, estrace cream, estradiol, and now we're onto the Interosa estradiol. So a lot of people do like that. It also comes with a starter pack. So you have like uh, two weeks where you do a uh, insert of the Interosa every single day, and then you go down to twice a week. And a lot of doctors will recommend if for severe GSM, you know, sort of this bolus dosing of, you know, do it every day for two weeks and then twice a week thereafter. I used to do that a lot myself, but I've kind of stopped doing that. I I don't know why. I feel like it's just exhausting and you use all your energy being like a rock star for two weeks and then you're like, I can't do this anymore. So I don't know. Sometimes, again, you could use vaginal estrogens every single day uh, for the rest of your perimenopause and postmenopausal life. And and it would still really not be enough of a systemic dose uh, to increase the risks that the systemic hormone therapy carries with it, which if you've listened to my shows before, I don't think are all that high regardless. But vaginal estrogen, again, they still stay locally. So that is, so far we are up, you know, we've covered the creams, which is esterase and premarin cream, the suppository, which is Vagifem, Uvifem, the set it and forget estering, um, and we've talked about interosa, and there is one more, and that is called parasterone. Parasterone is DHEA. DHEA is an over-the-counter precursor androgen supplement. You can get, you know, oral DHEA at Whole Foods. We used to have to compound DHEA when I was in fellowship at Cleveland Clinic in 2014, 2015. I remember compounding this and sending it to the compounding pharmacy because there was no commercially available vaginal DHEA. Of course, there was the oral form. But the vaginal is really quite potent. And the difference between parasterone versus the estrogens that we've already covered is that it's a precursor androgen and also a precursor estrogen. It converts intracellularly to estrogens and androgens like testosterone. So it's a really nice, uh, uh, it's a really nice, but slightly different offset of the different vaginal estrogens. Now, this is actually kind of interesting. Back in 2014, we used to find that oncologists would uh, be amenable to the use of DHEA. It wasn't estrogen, we would say. You know, it converts intracellularly, but it, it didn't contain estrogen, didn't have estrogen as an ingredient, and you could get DHEA over the counter, so we compound it. But interestingly, what's actually happened over the next like five to seven years is there has been a lot more data on the safety of vaginal estrogen, particularly even in breast cancer survivors, showing it didn't increase recurrence in breast cancer and improved quality of life, meaning it, of course, decreased, you know, GSM and all the downstream problems that happen because of genitourinary syndrome of menopause, which is not just sexual dysfunction, but again, urinary tract infections, urinary tract infections, black, can I even speak today? And even, you know, extreme things like urosepsis, where you have to be hospitalized. And now there's a lot more data on the safety of vaginal estrogens. So I'm finding the oncology teams are a little bit more amenable to vaginal estrogen products in breast cancer patients and breast cancer survivors compared to DHEA, because now they'll say, well, look, we just don't have a lot of data on this. And so it's interesting kind of turn of events or sort of where we are in the landscape of what we know and what we don't know. Now, there are not tons of long-term studies on vaginal estrogen, and that is true. 
There's prospective studies uh, looking at vaginal estrogens. And overall, most experts, if I went to NAMS, the North American Menopause Society, and asked you know, a lot of the leading experts what they felt about the safety of vaginal estrogen, they would overwhelmingly likely agree with me. Although again, I don't want to insert anyone else's thoughts or opinion into my own podcast and my own cedar closet, but vaginal estrogen is really so safe. So those are all the products. Now, while we're on the topic of genitourinary syndrome of menopause, there is one other option here that's not an estrogen. I know, and I'm going to talk about it. It's called Aspemifem or its brand name is Asfina. Asfina is a serum similar to, you know of a serum, everyone knows of tamoxifen, or most people have heard of tamoxifen. It's a medication used to prevent um, uh, breast cancer or recurrence of breast cancer in cancer uh, patients. And it acts like estrogen in some tissue and unlike estrogen in other tissues. So tamoxifen, if you know anything about it, it blocks estrogen at the breast, but it acts a lot like estrogen at the uterine tissue, which is why it can increase the risk for uterine cancer ever so slightly. And it's why if there's any bleeding on tamoxifen, most of the time you're recommended to get a DNC or to check or evaluate the uterine lining. Well, aspemifem is also a serum. And aspemifem acts like estrogen in some tissue and unlike estrogen in other tissue, it was originally going to be a bone medication, but it acts like estrogen on the bones. But in the trials, they found that women were reporting less GSM and better sexual function. And so they pivoted courses. So it is FDA approved for genitourinary syndrome of menopause and dyspareunia pain with intercourse. Now, it's a good option if for whatever reason, and you still find you don't want to use an estrogen product, I hear you, or you cannot, or you don't like putting things in the vagina or you don't want to put things in the vagina. Every once in a while, I will have patients who find that inserting things into the vagina, it causes vaginitis. It's just offsetting the pH of the tissue. And then, you know, the downstream effects of, um, you know, overgrowth of certain bacteria, and then you treat that and then overgrowth of certain yeast and like itching and on and on it goes. And so Aspemifem, the oral medication can be really good offshoots of these vaginal estrogen options if you need one. But as a um, menopause you know, clinician, I really think that vaginal estrogen uh, should be given to all women <laughs> throughout perimenopause um, and you know, blissfully into to, to, to forever. And there are many reasons, um, or there are many other times, I should say, um, reasons, you know, postpartum or the use of birth control pills that can also cause vaginal dryness. You don't have to be menopausal to use vaginal estrogens. It's, it's a myth that I hear so much, you know, on my social media or on TikTok. Someone will say, my doctor won't give this to me because I'm not postmenopausal. That is just illogical, illogical. Is There is no rhyme or reason to that. You can have your tissue be dry and not have direct, not indirect receivings of the hormones. And we have medication to treat that. It's almost like saying like, we won't give you Cetaphil for your eczema because it's just not officially diagnosed. Like what? It doesn't make any sense. But it's a huge myth that I see all the time. Um, vaginal estrogen, again, really safe and does not travel systemically. I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to just mute that for a second, finish this podcast. 
So those are my final thoughts. Those are my final thoughts on vaginal estrogen. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please always leave me a DM if you have any questions or comments. I do read so many of your DMs. Um, I can't get back to you. Even though I don't have the biggest Instagram account on the planet, I get so many messages and I try to get back to... um, I try to get back to you guys as much as I can. You guys really give me so much inspiration, so much content, uh, so many different ways to think about things. Um, and so I really appreciate your messages. I'm at Heather Hirsch MD on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. And thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. It's crazy to see these numbers grow and grow. I can't believe thousands of you download and listen to this podcast every single week. If you love it, please share it with your friends, put it on your socials, put it on your Facebook, put it on your um, Facebook group. That's probably where it's going to go the most viral, but I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you guys so much. I better go call my best friend back now. You guys have a great rest of your afternoon or evening, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Good.